This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. Ah! What's going on? Something burned my ass cheek. Ah, it just burned mine too. Yeah, you're branded now, both of you. Why are you standing on our bed? Every time they talk about how they discovered this new land, it's like, you didn't discover shit. There were people here when you got here. There were already people here. That's horrible advice. You should whack one out as close to leaving for your date as possible. Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. that when I was younger, I had a habit of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. I've answered the question, does this make me look fat? Honestly, only to spend the rest of the night telling my girlfriend that not all her clothes were that bad, only that one top. I called a short person a half midge one time, short for half midget, only to find out that they had a genetic defect that made them short. I've gone through enough situations where I was asked a question and I answered honestly, only to immediately regret my answer. I kind of became an expert at putting my foot in my mouth, and this was something that followed me around for a lot of my life, and only now that I'm older can I look back and laugh at some of these times. So when I was around 25, Nikki and I had been living together for a little while, and we moved to a house in this nice little suburban neighborhood in Smyrna, Georgia. And shortly after we got there, I started a new band called Code Adam that practiced in our basement. Now, when you get in a band, it means all the usual stuff of writing songs and practicing songs. And when you're in a rock band, it's really, really hard for any of the neighbors around you to be able to ignore the fact that you're there. They can't believe the fact that a rock band would practice within a mile of their house, let alone in their neighborhood. Seriously, we have like a guitar, a bass, a lead singer, and my drums all at full volume. How my wife and my neighbors put up with it, I will never know. We practiced for a few months and we're starting to feel really good about our stuff, but we couldn't afford any recording time. The dream of most bands is to play live, and to do that, you've got to have a demo. You've got to have yourself recorded to be able to give to clubs. But the problem was, we were beyond broke. We're a bunch of kids in our 20s. Our guitar player was like 17 at the time. But we had a chance encounter, at least I did, that solved all our problems. Kinda. See, I was in my backyard one day yelling at my dog for getting out of the yard another fucking time when I heard this voice above me kind of out of nowhere say, Hey, are you the guy in the band? And I look around before I finally locate this voice way above me in my backyard attached to this guy who's standing in his backyard. And I say, yeah. And I'm half expecting this guy to start yelling at me about the fucking noise when he looks down and says, have you guys ever recorded your stuff before? And I'm totally caught off guard, but I tell him no. And he says, can you come over so we can discuss recording? And at this point, I am thoroughly fucking confused and bewildered about how this guy knew that we needed recording time and he thought it was cool to just yell at me across my yard, but I'm also super intrigued. So I jump in my car and I drive around the block and this is how I met Terry. Now, Terry was this smaller guy with an air about him that said he was cool, but there was something just a little bit off about him that I couldn't put my finger on. When I pull up, he's standing in his carport wearing some shorts and a dirty t-shirt, smoking a cigarette, and we shoot the shit for a minute when he looks at me finally and says, you want to come downstairs to the basement? And at this point, I'm faced with a dilemma. I've watched enough crime TV to know that this is usually the place where you're going to die if a killer's going to kill you, but at the same time, like I said, we got no money for recording, so I thought, what the hell? So as we're walking down to his basement, he tells me he's got agoraphobia and he never leaves the house, but he does projects to keep himself busy. Like he works on soundtracks for local indie films and now he's looking to expand his operations and he's telling as he's telling me this, I get around the corner of his basement like I'm walking through a full-on basement with boxes and shit in the basement and now I step into what's his studio. And when I say studio, I'm using air quotes because it's like a full-on garage studio where there's like foam on the walls and throw rugs on the floor to try and dampen the sound and it really was basically like brick walls and a little bit of a uh, recording center where he had his computer set up but as homegrown as it was, it was way more than Code Adam had. So we go back and forth for a few minutes and he says, you need to pick your best three songs and we're going to record them for $100 a piece. 
And like I said, we're all broke as shit. So I tell him, I've got to discuss this shit with the band. But as soon as I take it back to Code Adam, we sit down and talk about it. And within a couple of weeks, we are all in that dirty basement with Terry's boxes and the foam and the throw rugs recording with him. Now, I'm going to spare you all the details of recording with Terry because there was a lot of them, but the real story wasn't the recording as much as it was Terry. This guy was an absolute perfectionist, and he wanted us to be perfect in everything we did. He would have us come over for hours and hours of retakes, redoing parts we had already done, listening to tracks we'd already laid down, and then he would criticize your playing and criticize the parts in the songs. He'd say shit like, that's cool, but you should try this, or I like that, but what if you did this, or what if you did that? These are things that are typically normal when you go to record, but it started to feel like Code Adam had gone into his basement, and what was coming out was his version of Code Adam. And it starts wearing on all of us, and we're all pretty fed up with the constant calls to redo parts that Terry didn't like, and I'd gotten into more than one argument with him about trying to rewrite our songs, but I decided to do something about it. We're at the very end of the recording, we're all standing over there listening to it, and we're 99.9% done with recording, but we hated the mix, the way all of our instruments were balanced in the songs, and it just sounded shitty. So we're standing there listening, and all the guys are muttering about the mix and whispering where Terry couldn't hear him. When I said, guys, it's fine, perfectly loud enough to where he can hear, when I say, it's fine, we'll get the raw tracks, and when we're done, we'll just have someone else mix them. Now, at this point, like I said, I've gotten into more than one argument with him, so me and him have gone back and forth before, and when I said this, it was almost kind of a challenge to him, and it didn't sit well with Terry at fucking all. He starts screaming at me, going, this is his studio, and nobody else is touching these fucking tracks, and when this album comes out, it will come out the way he wants it, or he will delete all the goddamn tracks right now, and we won't have shit to show for all the time in his studio, and we get the fuck out of there. He and I yelled back and forth about this being our songs. I was like, dude, this is our music. That's us on the recording. Like, We need to be able to to mix it the way we want. We should have the right to do with it what we want. And the whole band is trying to plead with him, but his heels are dug in. He is not redoing the mix. He is not fixing this for us. And it's either going to be his way or he's going to delete the tracks and we can get the fuck right out. So eventually, we all concede. We give in and we say, you know what, Terry? It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. We could finish recording, and the sound wasn't what you want out of your first album, but we finally had a demo in our hands, and we were able to go play live, and we were able to go have fun and be a band. But that first time we ever recorded, we learned a very valuable lesson, or at least I did. Maybe sometimes you just have to shut the fuck up and let the agoraphobic producer do his thing, and just ask for the raw tracks later nicely. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Now That I'm Older, a show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online at nowthatimolder.com. We're also on Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us anywhere you can find us online because that's going to help us out a lot. And if you'd like to support Now That I'm Older, you can go to patreon.com slash older. And if you give to us like our badass Patreon, Michelle, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag PotternFamily. It's a family of podcasters that came together to cross-promote each other, spread the word about badass independent podcasts, and create a family out of absolute thin air. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag PotternFamily, you're going to find Now That I'm Older, as well as the Filmmakers Podcast, the Are We Doing This Right Podcast, and the Who Invited This Guy Podcast. And this week on episode 140, Weaponized Tuna, we're going to talk about a recent trip that me, Nikki, and Kenny all all took down to Savannah, and later on, we're going to talk about drones and a little bit about nationalism. So, check it out. We'll be right back. Hey, buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life, I'm paying you to sing. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! So recently, me and my wife planned this trip down to Savannah. My wife and I, Kenny, um, I know that you're going to correct my grammar. Um, tr- planned a trip to Savannah. And Nikki said, it'd be awesome if we could get Kenny to go with us. I was like, yeah, that'd be great. You know, We'll all go to Savannah and hang I, out together. Actually, originally it was a trip to Utah. It was going to be a trip to Utah. And then we found out that um, flying a plane during the uh, month of October is super fucking expensive to Utah. We were like, well, then, that's out. Then it was going to be like Nashville. And then it was Charleston. And yeah. then we sailed for Savannah because we could drive there in three hours. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of grand plans. And then we said, 
We're somewhere we could go pretty quickly. That's not where Chattanooga. Can, where can we really max exactly? <laughs> Chattanooga is definitely out. Um, um, if, if you live in Atlanta, Chattanooga is an hour and a half away. And the first couple of times you do it, it's this magical little trip. And after about the third or fourth time I mean, you've gone, it's like, fuck Chattanooga. I mean, man. I found a nice little quaint hotel up there. It's like from the 1800s. Right. It's nice. But I go up there to see a girl. And if she wasn't up there, there's literally no activities. Yeah, Chattanooga is a, is a great little place if you want to go for a weekend. But if you've been more than once, you've seen pretty much everything yeah. Chattanooga has to offer. I don't do anything except go out to eat and like have sex with her. So that's yeah. <laughs> like that's it. So besides this weird friends with benefits thing you've got going on in Chattanooga, we go on this trip down to Savannah, and it's going to be me, Nikki, and Kenny all going down, staying in this one little loft condo situation right off River Street. It was a great little place we rented in the and, historic district. In the historic district, right off River Street. Now it was not cheap. <laughs> it wasn't cheap at all. Kenny, um, Kenny makes out like, you know, he had to pay $6,000 to go on this trip, but it was, it wasn't really cheap, but it was also like an adult trip. We didn't want to stay at the hotel, you know, right down the road, or like the, a motel 10 miles away from the, the river street. We wanted to be right, right there in the middle of everything. So we get this dope little condo and we drive down. But the one thing that really, really sucks about Savannah in the historic district, like pretty much in their entire little downtown area is there's no fucking parking whatsoever. There, there is parking. Oh, there's, there's just, plenty of parking. There's, there's just, just a shit more load more people. Ten times more people <laughs> exactly. wanting parking than there is parking. And one of the things you pay and uh, pay for when you go to a loft that's like right on the river like that is right in the advertisement for the place it said you're basically on your own yeah. for finding parking. Yeah, it was like there's no parking included. There's some spots outside, and if you want one of those, get there early when it's first come first serve. And you think in your head that it's not going to be an issue. Until you get there, you find out that Savannah is basically a natural sauna. Oh. Like, I'm from Georgia. I'm used to some humidity, folks. Well, I'm not talking like some humidity. I'm talking like there's a specter. <laughs> the ghost of humidity is there. And it, was, it will wrap its thralls upon you. <laughs> it was 87 degrees when we got there. And when you look at 87 degrees, that's kind of warm. That's not like a cool day by any stretch of the imagination. But it's also not hot. 87 is not something where you expect to get out of the car and immediately be like, I need a shower. But that's how it fucking was. Definitely not kind of whether you want to be stranded outside lost in either. Nobody got lost necessarily. So when we get there, like we said, there's this huge parking situation. Like we drove around with like a two block radius and couldn't find anything like nearby that we wanted to park in. So we decide we're going to drive down river street and see if there's a parking lot down there. And at one point me and Kenny get out of the car and Nikki says, I'm going to drive around and see if I can find let me, the let place. Me, let me add a little detail. There's like an upper level to this block and a lower level. Like the upper level is like two stories up and there's a couple of ramps that go down to the first level, which is actual river street. Right. And there's a park right behind it where all the paid parking is and stuff like that. There is some free parking where the loft is for the employees and stuff, but it's short and far few between like, you're Typically, Nikki getting, would move her car down there at night, like at 11 o'clock when all the crowds started leaving. Yeah, you were not getting those spots at 3 so, o'clock on a Thursday. Shay and I walked down there, uh, down some pirate steps, because I mean, like literally 1,700 stone steps that you thought you were going to die on, because they're not made for modern people who are not <laughs> used to walking on like treachery. You, need, <laughs> you needed boots of some sort. You needed a wide-toed like shoe. Harry you needed, Pitfall would have been cautious this, on these steps. This is legit like this, the shit you see in video games where people fall and break their neck on the steps. That's what these When were. I went down these steps, I felt like I needed a bomber jacket and a whip. <laughs> Maybe a fedora. <laughs> so we come down these steps, and Nikki goes around to go the long way in the car down this ramped drive. And we're down here. We find these cobblestones that I think we literally think the slaves put the worst stones possible out there to pay back the white people. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like sabotage because when you look they, at them, these aren't cobblestones. Flat. These are not flat cobblestones. These are just like rocks. When you think of a cobblestone drive, if you've never been to Savannah, Georgia, it's like the the roundest, thickest, jaggediest rocks they you should can have find. Named it, instead of River Street, it should have been Broke Your Ankle Street. It, yeah, these were. <laughs> and we saw so many chicks walking with like spiked heels on and shit. And I'm like, there's, there's a limit. <laughs> To how much you're willing to do. I laughed and laughed at those girls. So besides the cobblestone street, me and Kenny get out of the car to go look around for a parking spot. And we found one, but somebody got it before they could get there. It sucks. She drove all the way down here into the crowded area for nothing. Yeah. So she comes back by and she says, well, let's just try and go find the place real quick and then we'll look for parking. And I say, okay, I'm going to get in the car. 
And at that point, Kenny says, I'm going to stay out of the car. I'm going to be the spotter. And I'm going to find a spot looking on the little off spots. So I'm going to walk around down here. And he says, okay. At the time, let me point this out. At the time, the cars are moving at about walking pace. Right. It's not a big deal. It's like driving through a festival or any kind of parade area. You have to drive slow because there's people walking everywhere. They're in the way. And there's trolleys and shit you have to stay behind. <laughs> there was, there was nobody, road hazards. There's nobody in a hurry. I'll put it that. Nobody at all at that point was in a hurry. Right. So I am start walking. And for a long period, like a whole like half a block, I'm in front of them. And I can see them in the corner of my eye. They're behind me. Shane's in the passenger side. Nikki's driving. And uh, everything kind of clears out for a minute. And they're like, this goes into this little industrial area where there's not a lot of people. So Nikki catches up to me and then just keeps going. <laughs> well, no, let's stop. We said, we're going to loop around and go see if we can't find out where the place is. I wasn't there for that conversation. I like how I'm supposed to know that. So me and Nikki had I was in the car in front of the car. So was- I just see them come up and I think, okay, now I'm thinking as they pass me, they're going to pull up to this little area up here where there's no traffic and there's nothing going on. It's no parking, but surely Nikki will think to pull over so I can catch up and hop in the car now that we've gone through the whole little festival area. So I get up there. There's no car. There's no Shane. There's no Nikki. There's just the end of the fucking road. Now, keep in mind, I don't know where the place is. I don't know Savannah. I don't even have the address. I reached to my pocket. My phone's not in my pocket. It's still in the car. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to follow the road more. And eventually I'll find where they pulled over to wait on me. They don't. <laughs> I walk and walk and finally circle through the park a few times and finally find where they park the car without telling me or without leaving me any signals. Those, they didn't like leaving bread trails, bread crumb trails, nothing. So I find the car. What do I see through the window of the car? But my phone lighting up and the name Shane fucking Smith showing up there. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Maybe he's going to figure out my phone is in the car. They'll come back 15 to 20 minutes fucking later. They come strolling up. And by this time, I'm like a steamed fucking crab. <laughs> and I'm just ready. Like, oh, thanks. You guys came back. And Shane was like, yeah, the place is really nice. So let me let me pause you right there. And let me tell you my side of the story is what happened with us. Me and Nikki say, or Nikki says, get back in the car. I want you to, to just before Shane starts, take note of his last statement to me that I said before I turned over the mic. Because that was the that was what pushed me over when he said, oh, the condo is really nice. The air conditioner works good. <laughs> Go ahead, Shane. So before we got out of the or after we got out of the car. Nikki says, get back in the car. Let's go see if we can find the place or something like that real quick. And Kenny says, well, let's try a, park- a parking spot first. He Keep says, in I mind, I have like my camera equipment and all my stuff in the car. And I'm, you know, Savannah's got some bumps. Yeah, it, there, there's there's crime in Savannah and shit like that. Staying, so, staying on River Street, you got to see them really clearly after everybody left. If you woke up around 1 o'clock in the morning and looked outside, <laughs> and you could tell, bum, definitely a bum. That's, that's his a legs sad. are way too skinny for his body. So anyway, <laughs> that's a rare I, I wasn't super comfortable leaving all my equipment, but neither was I able to carry it through the sauna endlessly either so so kenny gets out of the car and leaves all of his stuff in there and i say well i'm gonna hop in with nikki and kenny says i'm gonna stay out of the car and be the spotter and go find a spot and nikki's like just get back in the car we'll go find a spot together and they go try to find the place and then we he says no let's i'm gonna stay out of the car and i'm gonna go find a, a parking spot for us real quick so as we go around like kenny said this is a circle we drive around about halfway up the circle on the other side where it's up two stories like he was talking about. Yeah, that and means I have to walk those stories, too. Just keep that in mind. Magically, we find a parking spot, like a prime cherry parking spot from where we're supposed to be. And Nikki says, well, I know the address. I know it's right off River Street. Do you want to go ahead and walk down here? And I looked at Nikki. I said, well, maybe we should go find Kenny. She looks at me and says, he'll find us. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's right. And I'm thinking to myself... He's got his phone on him. We'll call him. We'll let him know what's going on. He'll meet us over at the place. Never got the address. Never was given the address. Everything will be fine. We'll just walk to the place. I'm supposed to just use ESP to find these motherfuckers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to use my mutant mental powers just to hone in. 
It's not Grand Theft Auto, you asshole. There's no fucking icon that pops up on the map that shows me the Shane and Nikki mission. Go ahead. Keep telling your side. Go ahead. So we find this cherry parking spot right on the street. It's like less than a block away from where our place was. And Nikki was like, let's go ahead and park here real quick. And I'm like, again, shouldn't we find Kenny real quick? And Nikki's like, nah, he'll find us. And besides, you can give him a call after we find the place. Let's go ahead and find the place first. Then we'll go find Kenny. So me and Nikki hop out. We don't grab any bags. We just hop out, walk down. We eventually try to break into the back door of this (laughs) condo because the address said it was right on the street. And we go to the street, but it's like it really legitimately felt like we were trying to break into some place that we didn't need to be because the back door is You were. (laughs) You were. He had that door sealed. I almost had it open. Shane's like, I almost had it open. I'm like, no, bro. They had like two two two-by-fours behind that door nailed to it. You had to like do some serious shit from the inside to open the door. Y'all were almost through those doors. I almost had it open. But continue. But so we finally get into the condo after we try to break into the back door of it. We get a hold of the guy. We get to the right door. We open the door up real quick. This is all about 10 minutes after we've left Kenny that we finally get into the place. So we walk into the place. We're at, walking at this point, around. At this point, just for some flavor, I'm wondering if I'm going to be homeless the whole weekend. <laughs> because, again, don't know Savannah. Don't have an address. Don't have a phone. Have nothing on me except for my fucking person. This Go is ahead. the this is the moment I've turned NWO on Kenny and stolen his phone and been like, "You're homeless now, sir. Good luck get back to Atlanta." <laughs> oh, I was gonna go hardcore homeless. I was gonna jump y'all on the streets. <laughs> So we get into the place and like immediately we go into tourist mode. We're walking around going, oh, wow, the bathroom's really nice. Look at the other bathroom. The bedroom's really nice. Look at the kitchen. This is great. And I'm like, shit, I haven't heard from Kenny. Time, the counter now is about 12 minutes after we've left Kenny. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give him a call. And he just kept calling. No, no, no. And I could keep seeing it through the goddamn <laughs> locked car door. Well, it call, I call him once and I don't get an answer. And I'm like, you know what? It's probably in his pocket on silent. It's no big deal. I'll call him in a minute. Walking around, looking at more stuff. We decided to go back to the car and grab our, uh, I'm sorry, we didn't go back to the car yet. We decided to, to call you a couple more times after we looked around for a little bit. We were standing on one of the balconies admiring how close we were Hanging out. <laughs> Hanging out on a balcony. And like, we're, we're looking at how awesome and how romantic this place is. And I'm like, man, I really wish Kenny was here. So I pick up the phone and I call Kenny again. No answer. And I'm like, that's really weird. And I said, Nikki, I can't seem to get a hold of Kenny. She goes, well, let's just walk back to the car and get our luggage. I'm sure he's fine. You know, we'll find him later. Everything's fine. He's probably out on River Street somewhere hanging out or something like that. <laughs> we, I was hanging out all right. We walk back up to the car and Kenny had this look on his face like he legitimately wanted to jump us out of the bushes. Like, <laughs> this look you're, like, lu- you're lucky all my guns were locked up in the car. I'll just put it that way. You're lucky that goddamn handgun was locked in the car. <laughs> he was so goddamn mad when I got back to the car. He's like, where the fuck have y'all been? <laughs> like they took their fucking time about it. I'm like, here goes my fucking vacation weekend. <laughs> I guess we hung out with the homeless people here a little bit. Kenny, um, in his defense, was standing in probably around I don't know, like a thousand degrees between the temperature and the humidity together. He and was by like the, being a sprinkler. He had been outside for legitimately about 20 minutes. He's like, I need a fucking shower as soon as we get back in the house. <laughs> Take me back to where I can shower. <laughs> I hope the house is nice. So yeah, that was um that was the beginning of our little adventure to go down to Savannah. We left uh, Kenny by the car. Not, <laughs> not not even by the car. I had to find it. it. Took me 20 minutes to find the fucking car. <laughs> and he has, Nikki a, has a Honda Pilot, which is the most generic <laughs> car in fucking America. I like broke into three other pilots that day. I didn't even tell you that. Like three other I almost stole somebody's car. Fuck it. I was like, I'm going home. Can he stand by somebody else's Honda Pilot waiting? And people get there and they're like, The first time uh, he called my fucking phone, I was kind of happy. I was like, Well, that's definitely their car with my phone in it. And then the second time I started getting pissed off, I was like, All right, motherfucker, I'm not answering. I, clearly there's a problem. And it just kept ringing. It would ring like every two minutes. I was like, If you don't bring your late. I knew at this point they were in the goddamn condo too. I was like, He's in the goddamn condo trying to call me to tell me where it's at because they didn't tell me an address until this point. And I, every time the phone rang, I just got more mad. 
<laughs> I almost took a nap, honestly. I swear to God. <laughs> I would have burned you people in your sleep. <laughs> what? Ah! What's going on? Something burned my ass cheek. Ah! Just burned mine, too. Yeah, you're branded now, both of you. Why are you standing on our bed? <laughs> With a coat. Ah, oh, you really branded <laughs> <laughs> you want everybody else to have a brand like you with your little jamming thing you in your arm? Hey, man, don't talk shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, was there any other ways you felt slighted on our trip to Savannah? No, mainly it was just a very bad start there. <laughs> Most of the trip was you actually. You did make me listen to podcasts. That's why I brought my headphones. I knew you were going to pull some shit. Dude, I didn't want to listen to my music because you always whine about what music I listen to in the car. You're like, let's listen to something that's top 40s or some really terrible rap. And I'm like, no, I don't want to hear that Dude, shit. Kendrick Lamar would not have been terrible rap. It's not terrible rap, but typically you want to listen to something that's terrible. Let's just be honest. Most of the stuff you listen to is like god awful. The roots are not awful. But anyway, um, yeah, we listened to podcasts on the way down there. I tried to listen to one podcast and Kenny whined the entire time no, like I, I had whined. a teenager I in the backseat. I put my seat. goddamn headphones on and had happiness. No, you would put your headphones in and then like during the podcast, I'd hear you take a headphone off and go, that's stupid. I can't believe they said that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, how is he listening to music probably, and finding time I, to bitch about the podcast? I why people like our podcast because most of these podcasts are shit. <laughs> most of you people are fucking boring dolts. So when you're listening to a storytelling podcast by The Moth or by NPR, there are times that you do get some of the stories that are like, Jesus, somebody's fucking talking about some nuts or something. Jesus, <laughs> kick somebody in the balls. Do something entertaining. And so then, here we are talking to these. They were talking to fucking Nazis and made it boring. Yeah. Shame, maybe listen to some bullshit about some fucking wannabe non-wanking Nazis. We listened to a podcast about the Proud Boys. Uh, it's a, a it's a it's a Nazi organization that doesn't believe in racism is the best way to describe it, I guess you could say. They also are very against male masturbation unless a woman is present and has the <laughs> that's permission. What, that's what caught Kenny's attention. I don't understand their whole concept on life, okay? All right. These people are fucking stupid. For anyone who didn't hear the, the podcast that I'm talking about, I think it was um, This First American all, Life or some shit. There's so many rules we have to follow in life that people who make new stupid rules are extra fucking Dumbasses. Fuck rules. Give me one. Do what you want. Give me one second. One second to describe what was going on. So the fuck your second. (laughs) Fuck your (laughs) fuck your storytelling rules. So the freedom. (laughs) The premise behind this whole thing was apparently some guy who has a right wing television show or podcast or some sort of fucking medium he does to get his right wing message out. He has like three hundred people who think he's cool, so now he thinks he's some kind of media. Exactly. He thinks he's running some shit. So he has this guy on, this comedian guy who runs a self-help podcast as well. So he got a right-wing guy and a guy who runs a self-help podcast. Well, the guy from the self-help podcast is trying to get (laughs) guys. I've never heard a sadder term than (laughs) self-help podcast. That's the saddest shit I've ever heard. If you listen to a podcast to help your life, you're a fucking idiot. Dude, don't be like that. There are so many people out there right now who are trying to learn how to be a fucking terrible human being listening to you every week. Don't do that. (laughs) First of all, you're going to fail. You can't fill my shoes. (laughs) Second of all, there's only one Kenny. Style is not for the the faint of heart, okay? So on this show, you got the right-wing guy who's running his YouTube show or podcast whatever, and then you got the self-help podcast guy. That's so sad. He's trying to help guys who are having trouble finding women. Just let those fat dudes jump off the ledge. So he's trying to go. He's trying to help dudes find women. And he comes up with this rule on his show that says, this is what I do. And you can adopt it if you want to. But what I do is I don't masturbate except for once a month. And the guy with the right wing show. That's horrible advice. You should whack one out as close to leaving for your date as possible. (laughs) So you're not motivated. So you're all cool and laid back. Because if you're all like horn dog, that doesn't work. It just turns girls off. I found that typically during the date, if you hump her leg, that's usually I, a red I immediately flag. try to find her whatever fault I can and focus on that because women can't handle that shit. Are you saying you go the Barney Stenson route? Or no, just I don't talk like- about it. I don't even – they can tell. Once you've identified it, they have this telekinesis thing in their brain where they can read minds the ways we can't. So just the fact that you're aware of that flaw and all of a sudden they freak out. So if, you, if you're thinking in your brain – Wow. She you don't have to be rude. That's just, that's amateur hour. I'm, I'm asking a question. So if you're thinking in your brain, wow, this chick has a mustache. Uh, her left ankle is three inch, three quarters of an inch wider than her right <laughs> ankle. 
<laughs> then for the rest of the night, she's covering it with her hand. She crosses her legs and shit. Yep. I, I knew she was going to cross that right ankle on top, try to hide that fucking fugly left ankle. So going back to our, our Nazi wannabe guys, it's this white pride thing where they decided that they wanted to have white pride, but they were going to incorporate no wanks the, the, is what the, they call it. The guy who it. was the, the uh, helping – the self-help podcast guy. Self-help podcast. So sad. It's funny to say that. It's black, by the way. Right. For reference. And that the, dude's and black, the, and he has some gay hipster black name. So the, I don't remember his name. But the way that, or some stupid shit. The way they set the show up, the way the, the whole thing went about in the story was the right-wing guy came up with this thing called the Proud Boys, which was focused on uh, Western civilization and – it's. The stupid fucking racist movements, okay? It's one of those stupid fucking things. It's but they were like all right. But they're yeah, it's all right. With their, but they were like, uh, but we're not racist. We're not racist, absolutely. So they had a black guy who was like the the pope of their entire little movement and shit like that. And eventually, as you know, alt right, they had like levels of where you could and couldn't wank. It was weird, dude. <laughs> it to was get initiated like, nationalism based on masturbation. It was weird. To get initiated, one of the things you have to do is be okay with getting punched in the face while you name five breakfast cereals. And let me go ahead and tell you guys out there in podcast land right now, Cocoa if you ever Krispies, try to punch me in the face Rice Krispy Crunch, at any point at all, crisp, it's going to be Cheerios, tricks. I haven't hit you in the face yet, though. You can't name Don't them all of them. Once you wheel around the side of the table so I can punch you in the face, and then you can be a proud boy Dude, level two. There's a reason I never joined fraternity. None of that shit, because I'm right there with Earl's brother. There's an episode of My Name is Earl. I like hanging out with y'all. Brothers, like I like hanging out with y'all. I especially like riding tricycles and drinking beer. That's supposed to be a punishment, but he loves it and drinking beer. But one of y'all try to paddle me, somebody's gonna get fucked up. I don't know how he said it, but that's how one of y'all's gonna get fucked up with you little skinny college boy asses. So the the whole thing was me. I was showing my wife this thing because I found it really like hugely interesting. The whole. Not wanking and f- or not masturbating. And- I didn't find it interesting. Oh, I found it weird. So Kenny's in the back listening to music the whole time while I'm showing this to Nikki, and he goes, "Dude, if anybody tells me I can't masturbate, I'm, I'm the fuck them, dude. I'll punch, punch him in the face, <laughs> right in the goddamn mouth." I'm like, but so Kenny, you don't want to be a proud boy? He was like, "Fuck that shit. <laughs> I'll kill. Them. I'll jerk off when I want to. <laughs> jerk off on their shoes. <laughs> You're not gonna jerk off in that back seat, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know." <laughs> Or all into that podcast. I couldn't have been doing anything. Uh, no, no, I definitely. Well, I might not have noticed, depending on what's going on back there. I wasn't at the, uh, the what you call it. The, uh, I, I've lived the, by myself for quite a while. I don't think I have any stealth waking skills. <laughs> well, see, I, w- I didn't get to attend the truth or dare party that you were at where apparently everybody was doing each other. So I have no idea what's going on over there. So you, you might have been able to do it all by yourself back there and nobody noticed. There were a lot of people there. We won't talk about that party. <laughs> it was bad. I think we're going to end this one on that note. <laughs> Fuck you guys for leaving me on the goddamn side of the road. Assholes. All right, so all I know is that if Kenny would have just taken his cell phone with him, none of this would have been a problem. He would have been able to come to the condo and hang out with me and Nikki. But no, he left his cell phone in the car, and now it's our fault. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about drones in Australia, and we're also going to talk just a little bit about nationalism. So check it out. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Rising from the depths of a state called Michigan. Two inebriated dorks prepare their plan for intergalactic domination. Mixing their extensive knowledge of geek culture with their insatiable thirst for alcohol, these two man-children bring you a show like you've never heard before. They will tell you tales from faraway lands and have you questioning their taste in beer. But make no mistake, friend... For the best coverage of your favorite comics, films, and TV shows, there's no better source for you to get your fix. So listen up, strap in, and prepare yourself as Jake and Tom conquer the world.
You don't tip? No, I don't believe in it. You don't believe in tipping? Do you know what these chicks make? They make shit. Don't give me that. She don't make enough money, she can quit. <laughs> I don't even know a fucking Jew would have the ball to say that. Uh, let me just get this straight. You don't ever tip, huh? I don't tip because society says I have to. All right, Kenny. This week we're going to do a brand new commercial for Patreon. You've already been told What's what pa- you've already been told what Patreon is. Uh, I knew you, you were going to ask you me. Assume that I was. Don't fucking ask me what Patreon is. Patreon is the place. Patreon.com/slash now let them older. Where if they go there, give us money, donate oh. to the podcast every month. Yeah, give me some money. It's for now that I'm older. It's not for Kenny. There is no place to donate to Kenny. Don't try to donate directly to Kenny. Patreon.com, if you go there, we're going to give you things like stickers, T-shirts, unreleased content. We're also going to have Kenny do a shout-out where he talks about you directly, and he's going to do his best to make it as nice as possible. No, I'm not. Hey, you want some more? Some more what? No, no, you want some more. I haven't had anything yet. So how can I have some more of nothing? You're killing me, Smalls. Hey guys, this is JD from the Incession Film Podcast. Every week on our show, you can join my co-host Brendan and I as we review the latest films that's out in theaters. It also inspires us to discuss a top three list of some sort, and we have a lot of other fun movie discussions as well. It's always a blast. And we also have a show on Fridays called our Extra Film Podcast. This is a show that gives us the space to talk about the latest indies and art films and other classics that we normally just don't get to talk about on our main show. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and more. In fact, you can just see everything about us, including our social medias at IncessionFilm.com. So join us every week. We'd absolutely love to have you. Did you ever think that maybe there's more to life than being really, really, really ridiculously good-looking? All right. I need you to get serious. Very serious. Let's get dangerous. No, let's get serious. Highway to the danger zone. Gonna take a ride into the danger zone. All right, that's as serious as I get, so hit me with what you got. Um... How much experience do you have with drones? Uh, very little. Very little. So you've never played with a drone. You've never. I've only played with a mini one, and it was it was it was shit. Why was it shit? Because it, it was like... a little shitty ass mini drone. <laughs> it's like the kind you can fit in the palm of your hand. So it was one of those that you probably the person probably got for like seventy five bucks or something like that. Or like one as a fair prize, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. It came with a nine volt battery for the controls. <laughs> it's a hack and mill prize. I don't know. It was, it was ridiculous. Okay, so I read an article in the Wall Street Journal recently where it was talking about drones, and the reason I bring up drones is because nowadays drones have become this huge fucking industry. People, I, mean, I, I kind of want a drone, like a real one, not a little happy mill one. Like. <laughs> How much do you want a drone? Are you looking at a drone for like a tactical reason so you could film things with it? Are you looking at a drone for initially I'd be filming things with it, but what if I found like an enemy? I might have to like dive bomb. If you found an enemy, you would want to use a Happy Meal prize to dive bomb? No, not the Happy Meal. There's one brand that I looked at. They have the typical like four quad little helicopter looking deal. Right, the four little propellers and shit on it. But they also have one that's like an actual plane. And you look at it in the third per- in the first person mode. You hook it up to some goggles with your phone, and it's <laughs> yeah. Check this out, and it doesn't it doesn't hold still. Like it has it, it it's like a plane. It has to be moving, and uh, yeah, you could really totally fuck somebody up with that one. But then again, though, how much does this cost? How much does the drone cost? Uh, they're not that bad. They're, they're under both of them. Both of them in this brand are under a thousand dollars. For like six, seven hundred bucks. So you'd spend six hundred dollars to fly it into someone because God knows it's not going to be okay if you fly it into someone one time. It's going to be fucked up. And I'm not going spend- to fly it. I want to have a release button. So you're going to be dropping. <laughs> I'm going to need you to start saving your dog poop. <laughs> <laughs> Cat poop just doesn't have the same body. The, the, it doesn't. It's not as acrid. If I need you, will. you to start just <laughs> little bags, one bag per turn. Um, yeah, that's all I need you to do. Thin so, bags. Don't go. Don't go good ones. <laughs> so you, do you have like some sort of a, a feud with a neighbor or something like that no, at this if, point? But if I build an air force, I'll probably, you know, I'll just 
do like Trump or North Korea and just provoke the shit out of somebody. <laughs> so wait a minute. <laughs> now we've gone from you having a fair prize to now you buying one drone that was six or seven hundred dollars so you could dive bomb someone to now we're having me save dog poo and put it into bags so what that you can gonna dive bomb them with. Well, I'm wondering who you're going to do. Like, are you preparing for an like a feud, an eventual feud with someone? Like, are know. you going to have someone like a, a feud this bad with where you're, you're going to need bags and bags of dog food? You're putting the cart before the horse. I need to build it before I pick an enemy. <laughs> Depends on what my tactical skill level is. I mean, what if I try to pick a war and then it turns out that person has a better drone? Because, I mean, well, they have like $5,000 drones. Well, that's what we're actually going to talk about in the story because in Australia right now, They've got a huge industry of drones. Like they're trying to become like the drone hub. They want the world <laughs> to build their drones in Australia. They just gave money to Boeing. They're working on new types of drones and shit like that. Oh, those wily want, Australians. Well, I mean, dude, they they don't have much. They have kangaroos and they have drones. Those kangaroos are jacked, though. I keep seeing videos of these kangaroos, and these motherfuckers look like Vin Diesel with ears. All like, and they'll buck up on people. Like they do the whole thing where they rotate the shoulders forward. And they're like, I'm a buff raccoon. You mean kangaroo? <laughs> that's, that's, they're just stretched out jumpy raccoons um I, i've seen some of them that definitely look like they're on like the john cena lifting plan or some <laughs> shit like that and they're like, all posing like they got their arms all like rotated in to make their pecs look bigger it's like who, who made these fucking kangaroos so narcissistic <laughs> my wonder is like are they posing like when people that's see them I'm are they saying. literally posing like or is or is it more like come over here what if it's Come like, over here. It's just like there's a cocaine problem with the Australian kangaroo population. <laughs> just like in the 80s and they're all into bodybuilding and that's why they're all so narcissistic. That's why that one kangaroo tried to choke out the dog <laughs> and tried to just shake off that guy like catching him with a hook. Like That's what that raccoon did. He, he was fucked kangaroo. up. I'm telling you, they're the same animal. One's just stretched out and jumps better. This is uh, the beginning of they Kenny's trade, dementia. They trade their tail stripes for better legs. This is where Kenny starts his dementia right now, where like he starts Robo thinking kangaroos are raccoons. It's like Robotech. You can just switch parts out. It's so so in Australia, they're trying to become the the, the drone capital Because they the want to get out of being the kangaroo. They uh, want to stop being associated with <laughs> cocaine kangaroo population <laughs> yes. that they have. It's just like the 80s, though. They're all doing the posing. I bet they all have like um, – Component stereos too. <laughs> they all have Bose speakers yeah. with Pioneer stereo systems. Definitely, they have the best tapes. Because back in the day, or the best eight tracks. Back no, in the day, you were, were better with. Comedy. Oh, in the eighties, we're thinking of the eighties. Yeah, 80s. yeah. Eight but, tracks were only in cars anyway. Because back in the day, it used to depend. Like you'd get a different brand of speaker to go with your nice stereo. You didn't always have to have the same type. It always was the good. Speaker. That's why it was component. Everything you bought was like a different component. You were all like, "Yeah, check out this. Check out this." This tape deck player and this radio amplifier and this fucking Bose speaker. It was always Bose speakers. So. I don't know. Uh, I don't mean to brag, but I do have a dual cassette deck. So if you want to uh, like we, copy anything I have, I can just stuff some paper in the tabs. It's just horrible. So <laughs> you couldn't. You're too cheap to buy the goddamn tapes. You were fucking recording over other tapes. <laughs> cheap bastard. <laughs> if I bought a tape that was shitty, like when I ended up with the Hootie and the Blowfish cassette, I knew that that was shit, and I was never going to listen to that again. See, you own that. Well, I did until it became a, a mix of other tapes that I like. Uh -huh. But you ever try to record your favorite songs off the radio? Oh God! If if you've ever tried to record your favorite song off the radio, this is what always—that's what a mixtape used to be. <laughs> always, this this is how it always went. And maybe this is the same for you, but this is how it always went for me. Okay, okay. The DJ said after the commercial break they're going to come back and they're going to play this. So the DJ would always come back in and they'd start playing the intro of fucking Millie Vanilli or whatever they were playing and that I was trying to record. Over it. And they'd talk over the whole, like the do, 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 do. This is Power 99 with another song from <laughs> Millie Vanilli. It was Power 99 before it was 99X. <laughs> and they would come in and like, they'd talk about the shit that they were going to play. And then they would initially go into it. So you're sitting there and you record all the voice and shit like that. Or if you were savvy, you'd try to avoid the voice See, and case, they come case right in. On Sundays was always a safe bet because he always came in and talked for a second and then he would give you a nice clean intro now at number three from tom in sarasota to sydney here's boys to men <laughs> and then you i'll make bam. love to you and then it would go into yeah, it and he was solid until his fucking wife let him die of bed rot. <laughs> wow dude that's what happened 
let him die of bedrock. I did not know that's how he died. I, I, yeah, she had him on the run because basically California was closing in. The kids had finally won some court battles and they were going to get some proper care. So she went, she basically went weekend on Bernie's with his ass. I got to be honest and say I tuned out of what happened with Casey she Kasem. Was the, she was the TV actress. You've seen her when we were kids watching TBS on all the shows from back in the day. There was always this awkward, really tall blonde woman. Right. That's her. She was like this monster of tall blonde. She was in I Dream of Genie a lot. She was in the original Star Trek a lot. I'm going to look her up real quick while you're talking. You'll recognize her. So you're saying that she let uh, Kate, uh, what was his name? He was bedridden. And like his family finally won a court case to get custody from her to make his medical decisions. Because they were going to go ahead and put him in a medical facility and get him some good care. So she went on the run with him and like left the state with this man who was bedridden and he wasn't getting proper care. So he's literally got septus from bed sores. Oh shit. I do know who this chick is. I know exactly. She was like the dumb chick in all the shows yes. back then. She played the ditzy blonde. Yes. And everything. Holy shit. That's he's like a midget compared to her. Holy <laughs> shit. She's like an Amazon. So she let him just die of fucking laying in the bed. And Rather than let his kids see him. Yes. Oh, God damn it. The Shaggy died a shitty death. Because, Literally, because, because his wife jealous, was an idiot. Because his wife was a jealous second wife. So, going back to the drones. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've talked about Casey Kasem basically rotting away in his bed. Had his kids had some drones, they probably could have followed him and figured out where he was. That's what Batman would have done. So, in Australia, he because, tracked him. because he would have had the bat drone that he'd been following <laughs> her around with. Yep. Like, Robin, I see her now. Um, but they're using drones in Australia for all sorts of shit. They use them. Basically, drones are everywhere these days. They, you know, they the American government, the U.S. government has trained uh, eagles to take drones out. <laughs> I'm not shitting you in any straightforward fashion. The Pentagon is protected from drones by trained eagles that will fuck drones up on site. That's really funny you say that because that's exactly what this story is talking about. When I'm oh. talking about trained eagles in Australia, the natural ones will probably do it too. These eagles are the ones here are vicious though. Like, like they have been trained. Like I think they take drones and poke them while they're eaglets. <laughs> <laughs> well, these drones in Australia, they're using them because they have a lot of rock quarries and shit like that. There's a lot of natural shit going on in Australia compared to well, here. Yeah, that's where the real. That's where the rest of the world like stole all the resources. <laughs> exactly. It was a prison colony where they're like, "This is beautiful. Let's put the prisoners here and just take all the resources. Oh, that yeah. way, when it's used up and shitty, it'll be fine." That's what Australia is. It's the leftovers of robbery from the Aborigines. <laughs> So what you guys could hear that. I don't care if you have an opinion. You make uh, the white people in America look good. By the way, you treat the Aborigines. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I thought the Trail of Tears was bad. You motherfuckers. Okay. We're not talking about how terrible Australia was to their people and shit like that. The, the native Australian people before they got there. We're not on that right now. Have you ever looked at a map? We're on how wedge tailed eagles. Have you ever looked at a map of Australia? Yes. Like Guinea, New Guinea, uh, What's that country? Uh, Sacagawea? Jakarta's there. It's the name of a city. Malaysia. Malaysia, all those island countries. Right. They basically make a train that goes right from Southeast Asia to Australia. Right? Okay. And like literally like 20, 30 miles between these islands all the way to Australia. Australia was not like this new land that we discovered, like we're taught in our current textbooks. <laughs> like the people of Asia knew it was there the whole time. It's just so weird to me that now that we've become a global community, you can look at stuff like that and go, I was taught bullshit. <laughs> it was discovered by white people. <laughs> there were other people going back and forth the whole time. Well, if we're going to, if we're going to completely pull over from drones and talk about how we, we talk about the, the way things in school and shit like that were fucked up. Every time they talk about how they discovered this new land, it's like, you didn't discover shit. There were people here when you got here. There were already people here. But if there are people where you are when you go there, you didn't discover it, okay? You happen to be the first white person to go there, maybe. I used to be like, man, Raging This Machine takes it so far. Now I'm all like, oh, they were exactly right. They, they taught us Eurocentric bullshit in high school. They were uh, – what, what's the uh, what's the word the kids use these days? They were woke before it was cool to be woke. <laughs> like, God damn it, white people. Why are you going to be like that? <laughs> well, it's when you look at some of the shit that actually we were taught where it's like, huh. Well, I thought Christopher Columbus like discovered this place. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> 
He discovered India, and there were already people there too. So <laughs> <laughs> he didn't discover shit. It's what really is funny to me is if you if you look at all the explorers, basically these people from England, people from from it's Europe, a, got in a boat and said, yeah. "I'm going to go find new lands." It was discovered for us, but those people were solid <laughs> before we got there. But we we rewritten the narrative, and it was okay until recently that we basically saved these people from savagery. Well, of course we did. Even though they clearly have architecture and historic monuments that go back thousands of years before we were anything other than cave people in Europe. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Europe was one of the last continents to like develop a society other than like running around and just fucking who we wanted to fuck and eating animals. Right. That we were like the slow kids and like typical slow kids. <laughs> we're big and dumb. And once we got big enough, we went around and bullied everybody else out of their shit. So you're saying that the Aborigines didn't need us to provide them a life without savagery? No, they <laughs> absolutely did not need us. They would have eventually developed their own shit, but that's not how our society works. Well, We're thugs. How how absolutely arrogant is it to, to say, just show up on a continent exactly. and be like, "Hey, this is mine now." Fuck you guys. To step off the boat and like start taking stuff off the boat, and people who walk up who are there and like, you, if you imagine if you you live at that place, and here's, like, hey, here's here's a boat coming. Here's where I get to shut down white nationalists because they're always like, "Well." Our society had uh, technology that allowed us to best them, so clearly we were superior. And I was like, like the gun? Like, yeah, like the gun. It was a Chinese invention. <laughs> what? We totally got that from the Orient. It's not like we didn't invent shit in white America. We would take your shit and use it against you. We were just savages. That's all we were. No, we were domesticated savages. That was the difference. We were organized. I wouldn't say domesticated. <laughs> we were fucking, fucking killing kids and shit. We were, we were organized savages. I imagine Kenny and I standing there on the shores of America when the boats are coming over and we're like, shoot them. Hey, <laughs> no, no, we're probably like, who are these people coming over? They're probably really peaceful like us. They probably all just want to hang I bet out. They're going to fuck us up. You would have been the positive one. I would have been trying to talk sense to the rest of you. <laughs> we should just kill them as soon as they land. Can he, can Don't even would, let their feet touch solid shore. Kill them would, in the shallows. Kenny is Will Smith and I robot going. I told y'all so. I told, told y'all this was coming. I told you these motherfuckers were going to kill every one of I us. I told you motherfuckers you've been on the ocean for two weeks and still ain't got a tan. You cannot trust that. As soon as they got off wearing hats, we'd have been like, what the fuck is that, dude? Why do you have a hat on? What is, what's a hat? What the fuck's wrong with you? You got, you got jackets and breeches. <laughs> Why do you got like four layers on? You Have you ever heard of humidity? I'm sure you guys don't have it there. But I just think about if you go back to the arrogance of getting in a boat and showing up somewhere and saying, hey, all this here is ours. I've discovered it. Never mind that you live here. <laughs> I'm going to go to my neighbor's house tomorrow and just plant a flag and be like, I've discovered this plot of land. I mean, they, uh, they showed up and people were I living there and they were like, hey, I'm going to need you to vacate the property because this is ours now. Well, we've been here for hundreds of years. Right. But I'm going to need you to vacate the property because it's mine now. <laughs> That's literally all we did as a society. We showed up and said, all of ours, this is ours. Tag, in you're the it. 18, Get the fuck off my up land. Up until like the 1840s, where we are right now in this studio, and where you live and where I live was all Indian land. Everything north of like Chattahoochee River. So all Cobb County, Cherokee, Paulding, all of that was still Cherokee land. Right. And so like we forget, like it was only like 150 years ago when we basically booted the people out and said, okay, this is my yard now. <laughs> Well, I just feel like a lot of those Indians probably wanted to go north. I mean, you know, it's like I don't, with, with the whole Donald Trump thing and like all these hurricanes and North Korea, it's almost as if the United States has been built on a bunch of Indian graves or something. I mean, are you saying America is basically the last scene from Poltergeist? Basically, yes. <laughs> or the beginning of Poltergeist and the middle and the end of Poltergeist, pretty like, much. Like it's all cursed. It's all just one big curse from coast to coast. We just fucked over the natives. Are you saying that Donald Trump is a curse that has been bestowed upon our lands because we built our country like, on the backs of Like they should have made it a bad Indians. movie instead of letting him be president. Like Annabelle's doll, his hair, less believable than Annabelle's doll hair. <laughs> I don't know what Annabelle's doll is. It looks is. like he just killed a bunch of hamsters and stapled them to his head. <laughs> <laughs> what 
Wow. Well, for anybody who was uh, paying attention originally when we first started talking about drones way back in the day. Um, I bet the fucking Indians had drones. They wouldn't have let them fucking Mayflower <laughs> faggots land. I bet if they would have had fucking trained eagles, they could have attacked the people on the Mayflower and they got off the boat. Dude, been I watched these eagles, dude. I watched a special on this. Okay. <laughs> this now you mentioned it about these eagles that are trained to guard like the Pentagon and all these military sites. So they flew, and this is a big drone. It's like one of the ones that's like three or four feet wide. I understand. And it's one of the big quadcopter types. So they lift it up and they fly it. And this drone, this drone hunting eagle comes out of nowhere and like 75 miles per hour hits this drone like it owes it money. (laughs) Like it doesn't even stop flying, it just fucks the drone up and goes about its business as the drone falls in death. I'm willing to bet when it lands, it pretty much lands and explodes. Like there's nothing left of the drone. It didn't explode. That was more anti-climatic. But I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like it's basically an explosion of parts. Like not with an yeah, actual just explosion. Up. There's it's, just shit everywhere. Like it, like it just hit it with them talons and they were like four spears. Well, the reason I say that is because in the article they talk about in Australia, these eagles are not trained. These eagles are territorial and they hunt in packs of two. They, they hunt in couples, and basically the wedge-tailed eagle, people are flying eighty dollars and $90,000 drones. People have businesses where they have one drone, and they map out, like, fucking land and shit. And they fly the drone, and everything's fine, and people are talking about – there's a couple guys in this article talking about, yeah, you know, I got my drone up. I've been out there for three and a half hours. I had 20 minutes left of this run I was doing with the drone, and suddenly, like, nowhere in the sky, nothing going on, out of nowhere – one eagle hits it from one side. One eagle hits it from the other side. $80,000 drone destroyed <laughs> in the course of three seconds. And he's like, <laughs> I'm imagining how fucking weak he felt standing there holding the controls going, uh. uh. People are trying to put pepper spray on drones to keep eagles from getting yes, at it. I was watching this, the rest of the special. They had all kinds of methods. They had other drones that would come and basically scoop your drone into a net. They had a gun where you could shoot the drone with a net. They had hacking guys who would just take your drone over. How none of it was you. None of it. None of it was as dramatic as these mad fucking eagles. <laughs> like these eagles were like on the ground looking around, like like seriously. They turned these eagles into obsessed eagles. And they were on the ground, like we're some drones. <laughs> I need. To hit, I need to hit another drone. Uh, can you show me where the drones are? I just, I'm just here for the drones. It's like, are they? Do they basically act like they're hired killers at this point? Like they don't have any they have other like their instincts. Dead shot and like death stroke. <laughs> like they're basically trained assassins like when it sure comes to one drones. One of the eagles had an eye patch at one point. <laughs> he was just walking around being salty. That's uh, that's Rufus. Don't don't talk to Rufus. <laughs> Rufus has a bad attitude. You don't talk. Just, don't talk to Rufus. You just want to leave Rufus alone. He's a uh, he's a desert storm vet. Don't don't talk to Rufus. <laughs> he's got PTSD, but it makes him really good at killing. <laughs> his therapy <laughs> he was in a humvee accident and uh he lost an eye but uh now he just hunts drones he's a lot happier <laughs> dude if i had a drone and the eagle took it out if i got if i got footage of it i'd probably be fine with it because it's a pretty youtube sensation it would be but you'd make like way less money off the advertising for the youtube you don't video know that. i'm willing to bet just because, we don't, make a lot just because we don't make any advertising money on this lame-ass podcast if i had an eagle killing a drone video we could be rich so the question is, why have you not bought a really expensive drone and allowed an eagle to kill it so that we can put it on YouTube? Oh, I keep waiting on you to give me investment money. Well, I'm waiting on you to be able to generate some. So <laughs> since, since you've cut off all your debtors, <laughs> <laughs> since you've shut, shut down Smith Financials, I think you can support some money into some experiments. Well, I'm already, exploring, I'm already putting a little bit. What kind of experiments are you looking to do over there? I don't know, but folks, you write in. You let Shane know what all kind of things we could do with drones that you would pay on – Patreon. Patreon. Why yeah, is it so, why is it so difficult? Like I'm asking you to pronounce something fucking, ridiculous. It sounds like an archangel or something. <laughs> so Patreon. If you pay on, pay- I am the Patreon. <laughs> See, we could just like film people's houses for them. Be like, there's your house. Because that's the first thing you do on Google Maps when you look it up. Oh, where's my house? <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying one of the Patreon subscription things that we, we should do. We could stalk you with a drone. <laughs> if you pay us money on Patreon, we will fly a drone wherever you are and then just basically hover or over your house we'll, like, a little bit. Or like stalk people for you, harass them, drop dog poop at them. <laughs> so we're back to putting dog poop on Well, drones. I just figured out how I can get the show to pay for this. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> so right in, ladies and gentlemen, what are your ideas that we could do with a drone that do or do not involve dog poop that we could do with our drone to be able to enhance the show and make it a little better? We could go with tuna fish, too. Because tuna fish is a delicious snack, but it could also be weaponized. You want to weaponize tuna fish. Yeah, if you drop it in somebody's chimney, imagine how much that would their house be. And who would check their chimney for tuna fish? <laughs> this episode's going to be called Weaponized Tuna Fish. So <laughs> say goodnight to the bad guy. That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. I'd just like to remind the audience that for like an entire summer, you thought you were the crow. Hey, we have stuff we can talk about with you, too. And that's all the time we have. We're going to have to go ahead and uh, close that out right now. Let's see uh, see you now that I'm older this week. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done.